0: Welcome into to the first edition of New Track Record here in 2023. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney, thanks for joining us on this first episode
1: of the new year. Hello, Justin. Hello, Caleb. Yes, fresh start. Maybe we can strive to be a better podcast, maybe have some um, hint of mediocrity at best. We'll try our best. I mean, no promises, and we probably know it'll go south, but... It's a new new year, new you, right?
0: Yeah, that is what they say. I did read the other day, though, talking about New Year's resolutions or goals. You're actually better off waiting until like the spring equinox right around March 20th. Really? Uh, because like the days get a lot longer. There's a lot more sunlight by then. Like you're not in the dregs and the dreariness of winter, especially mm-hmm. here in the Midwest and the yeah. U.S. Uh, it starts to get warmer starting around then. Yes. You know, it's mental health
1: is better. Yeah. Spring
0: flowers are blooming trees, trees have buds, you know, like everything is a lot more positive and uplifting. Plus the IndyCar season started by then. And that's, that's the obvious takeaway. Yes. So we've already had St. Pete at that point.
1: And what else to get you off your ass than IndyCar racing, Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to find a way to, to get off the couch the next two months and change here.
1: That well, that's the absolute struggle for the next two the the doldrums of of the entire year. Not just not having auto racing, but just January, February, and we've talked about this on our morning show. It's just the most brutal time of the year.
0: Yes, thankfully, at least the off season, as it goes, plenty to get to since we last uh, talked with you. You have Andretti revealing more details with Andretti Global and their F1 project and teaming up with Cadillac, kind of. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that a bit later on. We have Hunkos' the second seat confirmed. And we have Kyle Larson hey, hey. confirmed for the 2024 Indy 500 with Aero McLaren. No SP as they also had a name change during our break. Uh, just Aero McLaren. Kyle Larson, HendrickCars.com, the sponsor, partnering with Hendrick Motorsports for this entry but perhaps the biggest story Justin that we saw yes while we were away happened earlier this week and that is mug and bun in Speedway (laughs) is for sale
1: yes and we're uh, we're going through the coffers seeing if we can scrounge up enough money in the uh, in the podcast account to see if we can make a serious bid I think we're gonna fall a couple bucks short
0: yeah I, I saw the the list price for the sale was like 2.1 or 2.2 million dollars i mean this is prime real estate in speedway to be clear and it's a pretty big property there's like the drive-in part there's like a pizza place there's even like a residence on property which i didn't realize that aspect so there's all for sale
1: the entire entire yes it's it's
0: essentially i think four parcels of land so this is prime real estate i hope that someone buys it and keeps it and runs it as the restaurant. I guess the guy who is selling it has run it since I think 97 or 98. Um, and he's just looking to retire and, and he got into it cause he did electrical work for him and then he just bought it and bought it when it came up for sale back then. But, uh, yeah, if you've not been to mug and bun, I recommend going for the root beer. They got some wild sides, a lot of fried stuff. I mean it's a drive in after all. Yes. I, I will say this. Uh, the bread and tenderloins, I'm not I'm not a fan of their breaded tenderloins tenderloins. But I'm also very picky with my breaded tenderloins. So as a Hoosier.
1: Are are you a guy that loves like the bigger the better? Yes, but just because it's
0: big doesn't mean it's good.
1: Correct. I would agree. Like sometimes I, I feel like they compromise taste just to be huge with 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 tenderloins. Yes. Like, oh, look how big it is compared to this small bun. It's like, well, it's not very good. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's okay if it's the giant size. As long as it's good. Really thin if it's not dry, which is the problem with most breaded tenderloins is that they're dry. And then you also, if you get the giant size, it has to have tomato, lettuce. Don't say it. Onion. Okay. And then...
1: You got to put mustard on. Okay, I thought you were gonna say pickles. No pickles.
0: I can't uh, do pickles. I love pickles, but it uh, pickles aren't a requirement for a true breaded tenderloin in my book. Um, man, mayo so is you, a good addition sometimes. As man, long you decorate as, your as long your your as you bread. have mustard. Mustard is the key element. Is that, it? that is the necessary uh, condiment on a breaded tenderloin.
1: For you, I see. I'm, I'm a I'm a simpleton. I'll go onions, lettuce, ketchup Ugh. on my breadstick. Ketchup, back off. Ugh.
0: You probably also put ketchup on your hot dog. I do. Ugh. And mustard. Yeah. No, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, I'm an adult. You're an adult. So you nice. don't need to put ketchup on a hot dog. This is that's that's for another podcast <laughs> and for another time. But anyway, it, back to IndyCar, because.
1: Well, you can tie it in if you ever want to buy us yes. anything at the speedway. Yeah. R- take us take the Muggin button. Yeah, take notes. Just buy what a six-year-old would eat for me, and then the refined palate of Mister Hatch. (laughs) Refined
0: palate. We're talking about breaded tenderloins here, which (laughs) nationally are mocked as far as being the you know the state food of Indiana because it's not officially like the state. I, I don't know the right word. The State food, I know yeah, the governor the, is actually actively working to like make that a you know, thing. They're, they're
1: hard at work down there in Indianapolis, yeah. aren't they? For the important the real stuff. the
0: real issues. Yeah, the real issues. <laughs> to, to be fair, it should be the state food or whatever. I know the like state pie is sugar cream pie. Is it? I believe, yeah. 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 Which I'm a fan of that. I I'm a fan of like everything Hoosier like it's disgusting. Like how much like pro Indiana when it comes to like stuff that so, Hoosiers love. I <laughs> love the state fair. I love breaded tenderloins. I love basketball. I love racing. I like eating
1: uh, corn on the cob. You should be in the commercials for the Indiana Visitors Bureau or whatever. Yes, I should. Look at this man. See, this is a prototypical (laughs) Hoosier. This is Mr. Hoosier. This is Mr. Hoosier guy. Look up Hoosier in the dictionary on Wikipedia, and there's a picture of Caleb Hatch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And like... Uh, I have friends who made fun of me because, like, in college, and I'd, I'd always be like to people not from Indiana, I'd say, Oh, yeah, they're from Indiana. Like, I'd always know every celebrity <laughs> from Indiana yeah. or had some sort of tie to the state. It's exhausting. Uh, anyway, let, let's talk some IndyCar. Mug and Bun is related because it's near the Speedway and highly recommend the Root Beer. Check it out if you're there in Maine. If you've not been to Mug and Bun, because we don't know how much longer we're going to have Mug yeah. and Bun around, you hope it's not bought up for development. But uh, that was. That was the big off track story. As far as things happening in regards to IndyCar, we start off obviously Kyle Larson and McLaren for the Indy 500 set for 2024. Now we had heard the chatter between Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson, and it felt like Kyle Busch was close at one point, uh, getting a deal with McLaren. And then it came down to Menard sponsorship and the m- McLaren needing the right papaya orange and, that conflicting, obviously, with Menard's colors. And right. So that was a non-starter. There are no other Chevy teams that truly had an opening. I mean, Dryan and Rainbow has a second car, but we weren't sure on that one. Still a chance from yeah. what we read. But, and then the other option was Ed Carpenter Racing, and the end was essentially full there.
1: We had said it in the past, once again, you and I, correctamundo, is that fourth seat, at McLaren was going to be the best chance for a Kyle Larson. And sure enough, that's happening not in 23, but 24. And by all me, by all accounts, not only does it get Kyle Larson in the 500, you have some backing from Hendrick Motorsports and Rick Hendrick and what that looks like other than maybe some badging, who knows? Maybe it's a, a, a big investment. Maybe it's a small investment, but... Some, some happy news and we were trading texts because I know there's a lot of excitement for Kyle Larson to be in the Indianapolis 500 and I was kind of tempering the enthusiasm but you made a great point and, and this is where I'm at too is, is Kyle Larson doesn't excite me but the fact that a top driver in another series is entering the Indianapolis 500 boosts my thoughts about the event still being a worldwide draw. And I think that is is what the best part of this is, in my opinion, is I don't move it. Kyle Larson's not going to move the needle too much for me in terms of the month and and all that, and all oh, I have to see Kyle and blah blah blah. But it is in terms of wow, a a top driver in another series is going to race in the marquee event in IndyCar, and I think that that's what's cool to me is it still has that draw.
0: We've had, and, and real quick, I'll, I'll go down the line of like the the appeal we've had with the 500 since the 100th running, which that in and of itself was a big appeal, uh, but yeah, Larson, sponsorship from Hendrick Cars, Rick Hendrick will co-own the entry, so this is something that Adam Stern reporting that they looked at, at doing it this year, but they settled on next year, which makes sense. I mean, More this year, once McLaren said they wanted a driver with experience, and signed Tony Canon, which made sense from what they said at the time. And then they went inside Tony Kanaan. I and mean, that kind of felt like that was it for right. this year. Yeah. So they shifted for next year, but you look at the Indy 500. So Montoya gets his second win in 2015. Then the next year in 2016, you have the hundredth running that big appeal, huge crap, sure. obvious, uh, 2017 Alonzo comes over 2018. Dana Danica Patrick comes back for her final race, her final Indy 500. um, Let's see. Twenty. Where are we at now? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Alonso comes Alonzo back, fails misses. to qualify. Yes. Twenty twenty. Yes. You have the pandemic, but Alonso did come back, made the race. Not as big of a storyline, but it's still, it's still big that he came back after that failed attempt. Right. Then in twenty twenty one, Elio is there with a different team for the first time ever because he'd been with Penske since his first win in two thousand one. Wins his fourth. Now, yes. I get that's a storyline that was more so happening After during the, the fact, race yeah. than before. But mm-hmm. Elio there with the new team. And then obviously the TV rating reflected that. Then last year, 2022. So we had Jimmy Johnson, his first Indy 500. Yep. This year, we, we, we honestly don't well, really we have got a, nothing. <laughs> don't really have a, a, a big storyline to get to. But yeah. it just goes to show, I mean, that's momentum you're seeing year to year to year where it yes. felt like it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Yes, and I, it's huge because, it once again, it shows that this is still a draw, and, and it's interesting for for drivers to want to compete in it. and What well, we always knew it would be inevitable that Kyle Larson would do this. I am surprised that he's doing it this early in his career, if that makes sense, because we're seeing Jimmy Johnson, of course, doing it after the fact, and I could see Kyle Larson maybe have it doing more, in terms of his success in NASCAR, but he's always been a guy, of course, that's a versatile driver. He's an old school guy in that respect. He'll drive anything. He'll get in a seat and anywhere and compete. And it's great to see for him to do it really in the prime of his career is he's not waiting until He's checked a lot of boxes in in cup and maybe doing this at the tail end. Like we've seen other drivers do like, like Kurt a, Bush, like and Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, like a Jimmy doing Johnson even the Fernando career. Alonso that he did. He had done so much in formula one before doing this. So to see that and how we're seeing it is, is pretty impressive and, and cool. And, and now I just hope it goes tremendously well for, for Kyle Larson. And it's not merely a one and done type thing. I don't see him doing it every, every year, obviously, but, um, I could see him doing it multiple times with how, how it goes. So he is set
0: to do the double as well, so he'll become the first driver to do the double since Kurt Busch in 2014. And the other drivers, you have obviously Kurt Busch I just mentioned, Tony Stewart, Robbie Gordon, Johnny Andretti. Am I
1: missing anyone else? I think that's it. Uh, no, I don't think so. You mentioned Busch. Kurt yeah. Busch? Yeah. Very few so uh, it, it's a Robbie short Gordon, list yeah.
0: and I, I think Kyle Larson I mean right up there with Tony Stewart as far as the best of the best champion in his series obviously Tony Stewart is champion in, in the IRL and in NASCAR Kurt Busch won in, in NASCAR but this was later on in his career um, still a good driver at the time but this is perhaps the, the best all-around race car driver we have right now, uh, like worldwide, as far right. as his ability to do different things. In terms of versatility,
1: yes. And so for this, too, I think an interesting question will be, how much seat time is Kyle Larson able to put in? Do we see him doing uh, maybe the open test at Indy? You know, maybe not this year, but... Would you be surprised if he if he did it this year? Maybe surprised because you want people in the seat that are going to race. Yeah, in I would. May. I would
0: assume Kanan would do the but, open test this year. But
1: would you have an extra entry to do just the test? Would you see it maybe in the fall when they do a traditional small team test ish? Um, do you see? I don't. I don't see Kyle Larson racing another race before the five hundred. But is he going to be able to take part in all a week of practice? Is he going to be there with qualifying? Because that's what the. The uh, all-star race weekend is mm-hmm. qualifying weekend. Yes. So how does that look for Kyle Larson? So I think those are questions. How much seat time is he able to get on, on, on the Speedway? Is he here all week for practice? Does all that stuff? Does he have any seat time before? I would imagine he does the, 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 the spring test next year, but I think those are all storylines to watch because I have to imagine if Kyle Larson has, has pushed himself to do this and committed to it that he wants to have maximum seat time if at all possible.
0: So Nathan Brown, the Indy Star, who reported that this announcement came 500 days left until the 2024 Indy 500. It's like they did this intentionally. <laughs> I mean, all, considering everyone had this when the embargo ended like ASAP, at whatever, whenever it was this afternoon. What was it? Like one o'clock, one thirty, two, 2 o'clock, whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, Brown reporting that he is expected to do a day on a non IMS OVAL rookie orientation program months ahead and then obviously, uh, practice qualifying the whole gamut in may, but this is, uh, this is really exciting. And even though it's more than a year away, I think the fact that there'll be the ability to build buzz and promote yeah. it well in advance, I think kind of adds to the intrigue of the entry.
1: And I think let's we we've always kind of complained, or, or not maybe not us, but the the lack of practice time would just be in a week. But look at it this way: for for Cup drivers, for instance, is you're not missing a points race over the course of those two weeks for the week of practice, and then you have the All Star race that it's not required for you to race in that, and then you have qualifying weekend, and then you go into the event the week after, of course, and then you just start in the back for the Coke 600. I mean, you don't you're not missing points race whatsoever so conceivably you can do it if you can get your team to sign off and all that which is really the, the biggest issue you're not missing any points races in the in the cup season which um for the for a lot of these drivers of course is is very important
0: yeah and they tried to get kyle bush they couldn't get that deal locked in as we mentioned they signed tony Canon for this year and this could perhaps be his last appearance but there was an opening uh, in their release. There was an opening in 2024 for the lineup. So that's kind of how we should frame this is that this is it for Canon, at least at McLaren for the Indy 500.
1: Here's how it's going to go. So 24 is going to be Kyle Larson. 25 is going to be Kyle Busch. 26 is going to be Austin Cindrick.
0: I could see Austin Cindrick doing it, but it would make more sense if Probably he did it in Penske, a Penske car. Right? Well, maybe Penske's
1: <laughs> still trying to figure their crap out at the, at the Speedway in 26. So <laughs> true. <laughs> they, they
0: have struggled. They since have Penske work to do before the they're adding cars. That is true. So Kyle Larson, look, there's nothing negative to say about this. This is all positive news.
1: Came out and said today on a, on a, was it a tweet or whatever? Mm-hmm. that the biggest race in his career is going to be 2024. So he's already hyping up the buzz in that respect. So and I think it also gives maybe some IndyCar fans more of a reason to maybe tune in to NASCAR in 2023 and, and watch Kyle Larson and maybe have a bit of a rooting interest there knowing that he's coming to Indy in 24.
0: But we could have a driver attempt to do the double this year. What? Jimmy Johnson says the Indy 500 still in play. Chip Ignacy Racing awaiting a decision from him because of engine allocation. He can run Honda in the Indy 500 as a Chevy NASCAR guy. That's from Jenna Fryer of the AP, their motorsports reporter. And, uh, in fact, he's now a team owner in NASCAR. Remember, he is now with Legacy Motor Club. Is the old formerly, Richard
1: Petty Motorsports, yeah, yes.
0: Petty GMS. He'll drive the 84. He'll be in the Daytona 500 with an entry sponsored by Carvana for that. Um, also, the the All-Star Race. Is high on his list because it's at North Wilkesboro, but that is a conflict conflict with Indy Five Hundred qualifying. So that that's up in the air. But again, I think these decisions will be made here before St. Pete. So like we'll have an answer in the next couple of weeks.
1: I just don't see Jimmy John like North Wilkesboro has a lot of hype around that for the All Star race, and for good reason because it's just a grassroots old school. Uh, old NASCAR track, and I think Dale Jr. is racing in that race. Like, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hype around that North Wilkesboro event, and I I just don't see J.J. not participating in that for qualifying. I'd be kind of surprised at this point if Jimmy Johnson does the 500 in 2023.
0: If he does, great. If not, we at least have Kyle Larson to look forward to in 2024. Plus, I, I mean... The way the field is filled out, I mean, this is going to be a very deep field with a lot of former winners in it, and we could expect at least one more former winner to pick up a seat for the Indy 500. Uh, That seems to be clear, and we'll get to that on more Silly Seasons. (laughs) Not quite. Oh, okay. Not quite. Correct uh, team, but wrong driver. Okay. But uh, that's a look. And and something I have saw multiple people point out on Twitter today as we record on Thursday, January 12th here, is, is that just how happy and thrilled Robin Miller would, yeah, be, would be to yeah. see this because, I mean, he lobbied for Kyle Larson to run in the Indy 500 for years and years and years. Like you and can, he was never given the opportunity when he was at Ganassi. Uh, yeah. Larson wasn't. And then he won a championship when he went to Hendrick. A- and now we're finally seeing this happen.
1: And you can imagine the, the lead to the story about all the negatives of IndyCar since the season ended and this brightening up significantly the offseason, finally this happening. So, yeah, somewhere Robin Miller is definitely smiling a big smile with this news today.
0: Other news that we had as far as silly season and announcements for 2023, not a surprise, but Hunko's Hollinger Racing announced that Augustine, is it Augustine or Augustine? I have not quite figured that uh, out yet. I think it's Augustine. Augustine Canapino, the Argentinian. Uh, will be the driver of the second uh, Humco's Hollinger car for IndyCar full season deal. I think that's a bit of a surprise. He'll have uh, funding from a tourism agency in Argentina, so that's a good sign. And also with uh, the Circuit de Termas de Rio Hondo, uh, which is one of the circuits he did a test at. So... In Pro Tour, which is the uh, Argentinian kind of tourism bureau, the National Bureau of Tourism Promotion Agency, they'll have a, vis- a Visit Argentina campaign across the 17 race calendar, also again sponsored by that other circuit. First Argentinian driver since Juan Manuel Fangio second, Joe for Dan Gurney's All-American Racers in 1997 in cart.
1: You made a good comparison today. You're interested on the, how this goes compared to JJ's inaugural season, because I think you see a lot of similarities in terms of at least the lack of uh, experience in certain disciplines. But look, if this, the, from what it was discussed, significant sponsorship came as a result uh, of this. And we saw the crowd that was down in Argentina when they did some trials, some 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 run laps down there. And expectation hopefully as this leads to greater opportunities in argentina maybe even a race in 2024 so uh this is a cool step toward towards that and and why not argentinian owner should have an argentinian driver in my opinion so uh happy to see uh canapino on board uh older guy i guess by 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 auto racing standards these days at 32 but we'll see uh what kind of um what kind of uh performance he can have and and definitely a guy that's going to be learning on the fly, but but really cool news because I think this is maybe the, the, maybe not the first step because we've already seen those first steps, but the next step into a greater IndyCar presence in Argentina.
0: Yeah. This feels like step two, step one was getting the, the exhibition runs that he had in in Buenos Aires. And then uh, the other one at uh, circuit de Rio Hondo, uh, which is kind of in like one of those resort areas uh, in Argentina where the, this race would be held if IndyCar does run a race there most likely um, but getting him to do those demonstration runs and they're now getting a full season that's step 2, step 3 obviously will be holding the race itself which 2024, I, I don't know I, I've seen people say and eh, that doesn't seem likely for 2024 but look, I mean, they've made it this far and we saw the crowds that came out for those demonstration I, runs I just don't Imagine know what, the,
1: what the delay would be
0: Uh, It just comes down to will they, you know, pay the freight costs. I get it. That's the biggest thing, as always. And I think there are a lot of positives, especially because this is some place that they could race. You know, due to it being Southern Hemisphere, they could race early, earlier, later, earlier or later. Yeah, Yeah. either one, and and that work and and the time zones work out well because it's like two hours
1: ahead of Eastern time. Yeah, it's not Motegi. You're racing in the middle of the night. You know, so. Yeah, hopefully it works out, but I would imagine, it, particularly with these sponsors, so you get the sponsors into the sport, they start coming to races, they come to the 500, you know how it is, schmoozing sponsors and all that. Then all of a sudden, their $5 million commitment yearly could become $10 million yearly, or hey, what well, we'll put up $15 million to front some of the money to bring you to Argentina. So those kind of things, I think, grow and, and foster those relationships, and it, it starts here. So pretty excited.
0: Yes, and I, I think the other thing is you could say, well, he doesn't have a lot of single-seater experience. Well, he ran for Hunkos' IMSA team in 2019. Yeah. Ran at the 24 Hours in Daytona. I looked up his test times, and look, I get it. Test times are hey, don't, not... We don't talk about test times here. They're not indicative of, of race weekends, but I just wanted to see a comparison as far as his Sebring test that he had last year, I think in October, And he did well enough in that test for IndyCar to give the go-ahead for those demo runs in Argentina. So that's check one. Right. Check two, I looked at it, and he was at Sebring, which is a a very fast course, so you can make up a lot of time or lose a lot of time. It doesn't take much, but he was within a second and a half of the the top test time at his test, which, again, everyone's working on different programs. I don't know if they're using red tires for those, for example. So it's not like he was crazy off the pace. I get it's going to be a huge learning curve for him, especially on street circuits as expected. I mean, St. Pete's going to be really tough. Let's not kid ourselves. But as the season goes on, as he gets more experience, um, you, you get to the, just like Jimmy Johnson. I said, you get to the second IMS road course race. If you see progress and we saw progress in Jimmy's year one, uh, if we see progress for Canapino, I think there's, uh, some good, good thoughts to have. And, And again, we'll get a ton of seat time. Thermal Club coming up here in just a couple weeks for the the spring training if you will in, in California.
1: And and the the this is a, a greater opportunity for IndyCar and Juncos racing than just results on track because more more um Argentinians will be interested in watching because of this. And that can only help the popularity of the sport in Argentina and South America. So this is not merely a, okay, we're bringing this guy in and hopefully he can compete for top tens. It's let's get this guy here and continue to grow the interest in IndyCar down in Argentina.
0: And again, it's it's not going to be a one-year thing, I hope. I hope it's a multi-year deal. They They've not said that it is, but I hope he gets more than one year to kind of showcase his abilities because year one is just going to be a, a big learning curve, and you hope you see improvement by the end of the year. And I think the other thing is you talk about the schedule in Argentina. Jay Frye has mentioned this on the record. He wants to get IndyCar to 20 races. Well, Argentina would be a, a key market for them to join, uh, thanks to Ricardo Junco's and his efforts. They they're making progress there. Obviously, Mexico is another one. Uh, and then you can always add races in the U.S. or a second race in Canada. I mean, these are your options. You want to stay here, maybe a race in Brazil. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon just due to everything going on down there politically. Yeah, they got some issues. But this is how you get there. It's it's one step at a time, and you, you keep the races you have on the schedule, which they've done and done a good job of the last couple of seasons. And then you find markets where you can add, and Argentina's a market, Mexico's a market. There are obviously more tracks you can add in the U.S., and, and perhaps if the right thing comes along, we haven't heard of it, but Canada, obviously another option.
1: There are very few places in the world, let alone in North America and South America, that are clamoring for IndyCar to come to their venue or their state or their country. And Argentina is one of them. And if you're IndyCar, you need to strike when that opportunity is there. And hopefully, financially, they can work it out. But I think this, in terms of Canapino in a seat, further boosts that chance that opportunity for IndyCar down the line to to go to Argentina
0: so we'll see but this is a, as far as we've come for one of these I know they kind of had that dalliance with what Australia a couple years ago to yeah bring a race they back dabbled to surfers. with surfers yeah it never really seemed to, to get off the ground but this seems like there's some actual work going on behind the scenes to get a deal done and
1: I think the difference between Argentina and surfers is I never felt that surfers was as as excited or energetic about IndyCar returning as IndyCar fans were, they were not willing to move much in the way of schedule, right? Because they ran with, who do they run with? Uh, Supercars. Yeah, supercars. And they weren't going to mess with the supercar schedule with surfers. So, And that was really up against, it didn't work out for IndyCar in terms of the schedule. So there just never seemed to me a real desire in Australia for IndyCar to come back, to really... Um, make the decisions or make the changes to accommodate IndyCar as best they could. But I, I, I get the feeling that maybe Argentina will be a little bit more accommodating in terms of what works best for the series.
0: Yeah, they've had MotoGP in recent years, but I mean they haven't had F1 in what like thirty years yeah, or some something. Yeah, like Thirty and, years,
1: yeah. I don't think and it's you got to remember they have some soon. of the
0: the great drivers in F1. Yeah, you know, going back to, you know to the very beginning. So Argentina has a lot of ties to that, and. They're a motorsports country, just like Brazil, and obviously Colombia is in, in South America as well, so yep. there's a lot of demand and desire to get motorsports and more expansion there, and hopefully that happens for 2024 for IndyCar. It, well, it seems it, like a long shot now, but
1: yeah, we'll
0: see how this season goes.
1: This may not move the needle, today's news, from who as much in the States as it does in Argentina. Yeah, there it's a very, very and, big and, and deal. And that's what the important thing is in terms of growing the footprint of the sport. I don't need every every piece of news to wow me, but if it wows somebody else somewhere else, then that's a good thing for the series. Just like the Kyle Larson eighty five hundred news. See? You know? I'm more it, people you than like, I are like eh. are
0: excited about it. Well well, because we're gonna watch regardless. Yes. But to an outsider, that's your pull. Yeah. That's that's your reason to watch. Like Last year it was Jimmy Johnson in the Indy Five Hundred, and he actually qualified well. Yeah, and you thought, "Wow, does he have a chance to to win or challenge for the win?" Yeah. And you know, it didn't go as planned during the race, but everything
1: leading up to that, he was a storyline and a good one. So, yeah, I mean, I'm j- I just got a text five minutes ago here over recording from a buddy of mine that casually watches racing, uh, but not very much. That texted me about sounds like Larson could do the double. And I'm saying, well, he is doing the double in 24. So already being on the radar of you know more casual sports fans and auto racing fans, and that's the goal when you have these types of situations and these drivers commit to it, is, is broaden the, uh, the interest in terms of the event. And definitely Kyle Larson's doing that.
0: All right, elsewhere on Silly Season uh, news, rumors. So Marshall Pruitt, another Silly Season update. And this one from a couple days ago. So we, we since got the Hunkos second car announcement. Uh, not that that's a, a surprise. Takuma Sato expected to be the driver for the ovals uh, for the Ganassi 11 car. Marcus Armstrong running road and street course races. So that's the expectation there. And now as far as Dale Coyne Racing, they have an open seat, the number 51 car that, that with Rick Ware Racing that Sato was in last year. That is expected to be Stingray Rob in a full season. And then as far as uh, that goes, that's it for, for full time. And then be the, the open that's entries. A, that's
1: a wrap. That'd be 27, right?
0: Yeah. And then the only other note, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray working on something for the Indy 500. That from Marshall Pruitt and the racer.com mailbag. Um, What's the open not, seat? I mean, do you think Ed Carpenter racing? I would say Ray Hall would be my guess. Okay. Um, but it's not real clear. You know, is it just any 500? Is it the entire month of May in both races? There's not really any right. or per, perhaps something more than that. I, I know Ray Hall has been looking to expand and they've, they've done that last couple of years, but who knows? Maybe he runs a handful of races. We'll see.
1: We shall see. Wouldn't mind some RHR. More RHR is always good. Yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. And anytime you can add an Indy 500 winner yes. back into the mix, for the Indy Five Hundred and another race, I mean that that's a positive.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Even though I know it's not Buddy Rice, I know that's what you wanted.
1: Want, womp. womp <laughs> and his straight build hat.
0: Yes. Legend. Yes. So that's where we stand on that. All right. Uh, the next big topic. It's crazy that this got shuffled so far down the order, but this related to IndyCar because Andretti Autosport, well, Michael Andretti yeah. announced the Andretti Global, which is their Formula One effort for the future uh, announced that they have paired up with Cadillac Uh for an F1 entry. Now, on the surface, you thought, whoa, this is a big deal. Cadillac coming over as an OEM. You read a little bit more into it, and they're really just keeping that Renault partnership that they had already announced, and then it'll be badged as Cadillac is the way I understand it from reading things.
1: Yes. Yeah, so this is not a Cadillac from the ground up operation to where they're investing millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into building a power uh, power plant and designing and all this stuff. This is merely paying for badging the car as Cadillac. Yes. The power plant as Cadillac. So it's, Cadillac, a, it's a sponsorship deal. Yes. It's basically a sponsorship we, we've deal. We've seen which, this before. So Alfa yes. Romeo
0: and Ferrari, Um, we've had tag Hoyer and Red Bull with seeing, Honda at the time yeah, we the saw with Honda uh Red Bull with Infinity when it was actually yep. Renault I think at, at that time so we, yeah. we've seen this over the years this is not a a new thing Aston Martin where it's really Mercedes-Benz right um but they, they use Mercedes-Benz engines in their road cars to be clear so that's kind of a way that that's a little bit different yes. but this is a essentially a sponsorship deal. Now, if GM does go on to become a full power unit when they have the new regulations, 2026, which is onwards, an option
1: right now, that's an option and What we're
0: hearing is could be an option, but more likely it would be until what, like 2030 or so I've seen.
1: Yeah, I just I I feel like for 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 GM it's a good play because it gets you into Formula One without having to spend the immense amounts of money that it takes to get in Formula One, and and this has even come up in terms of of a loophole in the rules with Formula One and and closing that loophole, allowing this because it does uh, prevent. I guess it gets you on the radar just as much as Mercedes and Ferrari, but you're not having to put hundreds of millions of dollars into the effort. So, yeah, on the surface, it sounds tremendous for GM to be going into Formula One, but it's merely a sponsorship deal. Let's be honest.
0: It's a partnership for the Cadillac brand to enter F1. And yes, it is GM's
1: first foray into that, but it's not a true foray to me. It's not truly jumping into the deep end. They're merely sitting on the steps in the shallow end and watching everybody play in the deep end and want to be a part of it, but they're scared of the deep end, basically. That's what it is. Or not willing to commit financially to the deep end. So they're in the same pool, they're just not in the same area of the pool. And and
0: meanwhile, before all that, Andretti Autosport uh, announced a long-term partnership with Wayne Taylor Racing. So they purchased an ownership stake in, in one of the top teams in IMSA, uh, they're an accurate team currently. They've been with Cadillac before. Go figure. Um, but so that also a big deal. And then you have Cadillac on board for this F one. Go figure. It, that was done in insane yeah, coincidence. I don't think so. Yeah, right? I, I don't think so at all. And some of the other things with with this deal. So I thought, and I tweeted this, and I got a lot of people saying, "Look, like, well, it doesn't matter. They partner with different teams." So I said, "Huh, Andretti, a Honda team in IndyCar." with with Cadillac potentially if this entry goes through uh, a a GM brand in Formula 1 and people say well Penske had Acura and IMSA and now has Porsche and then they have Ford and NASCAR and IndyCar they have Chevy or Ganassi has Cadillac and IMSA and Honda that's not what I was getting at with this to be clear it was more of if Andretti is going to go with a GM brand Then why wouldn't they go with a
1: GM brand in IndyCar?
0: Yes. And what does that mean for the future? I'm not talking right now. Right. I'm talking for the future. And I'm not necessarily saying Chevy. So I thought, huh, that's interesting. What does this mean for Cadillac? You know, why would it, like, I don't think Honda or GM are going to be completely cool with, because I get it on like sports car to IndyCar to NASCAR. That's different. That's a domestic. This is a global thing. We're talking with Formula One, right. much bigger deal a lot more brand awareness, and you would think that Cadillac would want exclusivity with the partnerships as far as, on the at least on the IndyCar level. At least that's what I thought. I don't know if I'm off base here, but I, I was thinking about this, and then go figure, I heard from IndyCar Deep Throat uh, talking about this, and, and I think a lot of people were worried, well, so does that mean Andretti's going to go to Chevy? That's not what I was thinking for this necessarily. Okay. I thought maybe this opens up, other opportunities for other brands. And that's exactly what IndyCar Deep Throat uh, telling me with this. So Andretti plans on bringing Cadillac into IndyCar as their primary OEM partner if the FIA bid goes through for Formula One. So GM and Cadillac, they have a ton of money to invest. Willing to go the IndyCar route with the F1 route happens and help with finances, PR, increase of business development, Who's a massive motorsport contract between Cadillac and Andretti across the board? For example, IMSA, Wayne Taylor Racing, they're already Cadillac. Mm-hmm. F1, it would be Cadillac. And I get that's badging and branding, and you're but. You're saying
1: if they're in, in It they're, would be a
0: Cadillac team. Yeah. Which is kind of what, what I but thought it so. Would,
1: would they build their own power unit, let's say? Because they, I, I just don't know. I'm not smart enough to know how this works with both being under the GM banner, both Chevy and Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Like So
0: they wouldn't build, they'd still use the Ilmore engine yes they do but it would just be branded cadillac i believe so so for example and people say well this doesn't happen in any car yes this has happened before we've seen acura branded engine for long beach when acura took over as the sponsor well, you a had Cosworth engines that were never Cosworth, mm-hmm. right and then way back in the day the any 500 you had chevys competing you had buicks competing at the same True. time yeah so and any car deep throat goes on to say Uh, The numbers uh, from the source, a 10 to 15 year agreement between GM and Andretti. Uh, There'd be a timeline for any other partnerships like Honda on the clock and and Cadillac looking to be a separate identity from the GM group moving forward. So they'd be under the same company as Chevy, but run as differently as companies. So think about about it like this. You know how, like with Chrysler, they have Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Jeep, Ram, yeah. Notice how Ram is like split off from Dodge. At, yeah. From Dodge. Yes. It's not Dodge Ram. It's you just Ram. It's a, yeah. And so they've, they've made a conscious effort there in that organization, that automaker to do that. And you would think it is essentially the same kind of thing with Cadillac as a luxury brand okay. or like we've seen with Corvette, for example, yes, is a Chevy, but there's no Chevy logo on a Corvette anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's the same kind of concept. And I guess that's how I saw this playing out. And again, this is not an immediate thing because these contracts and these these take years. And uh, Andretti rumors—they nearly switched to Chevy a couple of years ago when their contract was up with Honda. I'm guessing the manufacturer contracts for teams in IndyCar are at a minimum two years and perhaps three. Yeah, like you're not signing teams on one-year deals. So this. So is, all of a sudden, we a should big root, shift.
1: IndyCar fans should root for. The Andretti effort in Formula One, if, per what IndyCar Deep Throat says, it could be then Cadillac and IndyCar if that comes to fruition.
0: Yeah, that's that's a possibility on the table, which I thought, again, if you're going to buy Wayne Taylor Racing and buy a stake in it, and we don't know how large that stake is, but my guess is eventually it's 100%, because why else would you use something like that? It's not a threat to the IndyCar uh, GM program. They made that clear. GM officials have made that clear. And nothing's changing in IndyCar and IMSA. They're still committed with those those series and those opportunities. So to me, this is more of an expansion than yeah. than a subtraction or or a shifting. This is an addition, and I think this is one of those things that will help because anytime you're trying to relaunch a car brand or make something different, you 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 want to make sure it's exclusive. And right. which that's, Cadillac I think is what Cadillac an exclusive is type. trying to do yeah. here.
1: And Cadillac is, let's be honest, an exclusive. It, I mean, is it considered a luxury brand? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's different from Chevy in that respect, and it's trying to be exclusive. And what's more exclusive than getting into Formula One, no matter how that looks, whether you're a brand sponsor or an actual original OEM. So uh, it, it sounds like a concerted effort, too, by Cadillac across multiple race series and could that include IndyCar I mean at this point now all of a sudden we're rooting for this thing to work out for Andretti unfortunately it doesn't seem to have budged of the majority of opinions in in Formula 1 quite yet
0: yeah we'll see how this plays out but again that that's more my line of thinking and when I was sent that I thought wow so this kind of has some legs to it and I'm not just being a crazy person here there's some some actual Potential here. Not saying it's going to happen, but those are the discussions. Those are the ideas for the future. And and again, you don't you don't do something like that and stay with Honda and IndyCar and True. and have them separate. I mean, that's it's way bigger. We're not talking IMSA and NASCAR. We're talking global and branding for a team. You don't see a Ferrari F1 and then a you know F- Ferrari based team you know in in weck for example that, that you know shifts away like that's right essentially the factory team if you will
1: yeah that's the thing It's if if you're in one discipline with one if you're in one discipline with one oem and then you're in another discipline with the same oem in there and you're not with them that's not a thing yeah it seems like right yeah
0: it, we're talking if if andretti and gm is not just a, a, a sponsorship branding thing becomes a factory like OEM yes. effort for GM and Cadillac in formula one down the road. Again, we're not talking in two years or whatever we're talking or two or three years. We're talking, you know, five, five six, seven. Yeah. yeah uh, 2030, 2028. 20, yeah. There's that possibility. We'll see how it plays out I, again. He's got to get the, the F one entry approved and from everything we've read, the biggest hurdle of of all Yeah, of that's, stuff, right? That's the hurdle between Cadillac being a branding exercise for now that doesn't help. We thought, Oh, that, that makes it a done deal. But again, it, they're not building the power unit. Right. It's a Renault branded thing. And then he has support of Renault for obvious reasons. And McLaren, McLaren dropped their support. Did they? After this. Um, not that I think Zach Brown, like doesn't want his friend in formula one. I just think it it's deeper than that. Yeah. And so you got to provide value and there's, there's a ton of information on it and we're not going to do a deep dive on every little item of this because we're primarily focused on IndyCar. Yeah. But essentially it's the dilution. It's the fact that Andretti has been very public about this instead of just working behind the scenes. Cause FOM has yeah, said that there are other interested teams and manufacturers beyond Andretti. Yeah, That's that are the much, only one we know
1: that are much quieter about it and probably trying to go with things more diplomatically but Andretti is very much vocal in their desire and also why they haven't been able to be gotten in or getting in. So it's rubbing people the wrong way. Um, I don't think anybody's entirely blameless out of this thing. I think Andretti could have went about this better, but I also think the FIA is, well, maybe not the FIA as much as the team principals are just set in their ways and, and don't want to think outside the box in terms of growing the sport. So everybody has a little bit of blame, but in the end, the people in power are the ones making the decisions and that's FIA and the team principals. And so far right now, there's just not enough support for Andretti to get in as team 11.
0: And the, the other notes is that Ford was rumored to be in the picture. And of course, Ford's going to find a way to, you know, try to block this. Porsche is in the picture as well. And there's just a sense that they aren't as attractive as a bid as we thought. As far as the Andretti bid,
1: yeah, it sounded great uh, at the beginning, and then there was outrage on on why P, why the uh, why F one wasn't more receptive. But as you do a deeper dive, you can see it's not as big of an investment as it was initially thought.
0: And it doesn't help that Andretti has the support of the FIA as they're feuding with FOM, which is Formula One Management, essentially the the, the teams.
1: Yes, and now FIA. So the and This will be the last point on on this thing on this subject is the FIA has control to make decisions on who is admitted to Formula One, but the team principals have vote on certain things that would make it impossible for a new team to participate if the team principals don't agree. So FIA tomorrow could say, "Yeah, Andretti, you're in." but certain elements of being able to participate and compete in formula 1 reside on or you know really come down to if the team principals vote on it so that's kind of the issue here is yeah the FIA could say they want to expand but if all 10 teams or at least the majority of teams aren't on board with it 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 can't happen
0: and one other note on on all this craziness so this is from a, a forbes.com article by bruce martin Andretti also revealed to me, uh, that's Bruce uh, saying that, that he intends to pursue a NASCAR Cup Series team once he gets a Formula One team admitted into the Formula One World Championship. Andretti said, we have to make sure we get into NASCAR in a few years. And we've heard this in years past that they pursued a NASCAR entry. That's not a surprise. It just goes to show that how far this team has come since it was... Andretti, andretti Green, Green. Race. yeah yeah. To andretti autosport it was a rough yeah. couple of first years is just michael in charge but they've come a long way have
1: definitely built a racing empire it was a it was a driving empire the andretti it's now become a, a really a, a racing empire it's not just drivers dominating it's actually team and 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 very much a corporation now
0: let us know what you think there are plenty of ways you can interact with us you can find us at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for the email list. It is free to subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode or any special announcements we have throughout the year, so be sure to sign up for that. Also, uh, you can follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is IndyCarPodcast on Facebook. Like us, just search for New Track Record. Instagram, uh, IndyCarPodcast, the handle as well. You can uh, email us, NewTrackRecordPodcast at gmail.com. And you can become a supporter on Patreon, patreon.com slash new track record. We have supporter tiers. It starts at just one buck a month. That's all it takes. Thanks to Xavier, Rob, and other supporters. Again, patreon.com slash new track record, where you can join in and support. And as always, you can follow us for free on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or others each and every week we have episodes. Okay. Time for the mailbag. And d- despite being off for a couple of weeks for our, our annual Christmas break, this is planned. Like we, we do this every year. This is yes. not like a new thing. So first off, uh, you asked this question, uh, the other week, as far as where does IndyCar kind of stand as the year wraps up and, and how do you feel about everything? So, You posted the poll as a a good poll question In a better place or in a worse place. And unfortunately now before today's news, mind you, I think that kind (laughs) of changes things, (laughs) but 50.6% said in a worse place, 49.4% said in a better place. So
1: nearly dead. Even found it fascinating with that, with that voting and some, some, a lot of responses as well to the question.
0: Yes. So looking at the replies, Jamin T 14 said, it feels like we're just treading water. While staying afloat and riding the waves keeps you going, it also doesn't get you anywhere. Not moving forward leads to everything passing you by.
1: Yeah. Some days it feels like that. Most Uh, days.
0: This from Aaron J. Richmond. Better the fact there will be 27 full-time entrants is amazing. That hasn't happened in decades. Yeah, this is a cart-level field. Unfortunately, we don't have the OEM support, multiple chassis, (laughs) the sponsorship. But we do have a better TV deal. Yes, we do. We have a streaming shouldn't, series. Yeah, we shouldn't overlook those things. Um, and, and yes, you don't have as many international races and, and things like that. And, but look, the events that are on the schedule are relatively healthy. And that's something to be positive. And everything you hear about CART in the 80s and 90s, yes, those are the nostalgia days. Is everything kind of overblown, though, as far as the numbers and the crowds? It Probably. Probably, yes. That's just how that works.
1: But 27 full-time entries, that's a, that's a positive, right, for 2023. So you can find some silver lining, but I think in terms of, 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 of the future of the series, uh, I think there's still a lot of questions.
0: This from Zach C8771. Last year, I just had more abstract hope of progress, so if I'm choosing, it's worse. I don't think it's in a bad spot. But another year with no movement on a third OEM or new chassis. The Iowa concerts make for a profitable event, I'm sure. But not much else I see growing the sport. Fair? Yes. Poet Shevchenko, right now we have theoretical positives and actual negatives. Till the promised improvements materialize. I will say worse off. Run underscore mark underscore run. Seems like a pretty stagnant offseason to this point. Yeah, It was.
1: Well, I think even... <laughs> Even to you know Thursday as we're recording, so the Kyle Larson news. Okay, that doesn't take effect till twenty twenty four. True. Okay? Um, I think, and we'll get to it here shortly. The the Indy Lights improvement in terms of the new deal and the monetary stuff for mm-hmm. that 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 helps immediately, right? So it's those things. Um, yeah, sure, Kyle Larson. I think it moves the needle for you for a day, a weekend, a couple of weeks. But what does it is do long term for the sport? I think that's a great question, but in terms of 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 making decisions, of making impacts that affect the entire series, the entire season, yeah, we're still kind of waiting for those things.
0: Tyler underscore Allen says, "I'd say stagnant to worse. They didn't capitalize on the massive momentum from a couple years ago. Granted, the pandemic didn't help. Yeah, I mean they were building up slowly. Then 2019, you felt like there was a lot of growth, and then with the pandemic, you have Drive to Survive come out, and then People getting interested, and then Grosjean comes over. That helps. It's a process, and it seems like it's a long and slow one. At that,
1: I just feel like, and I mentioned this to you a couple of days ago that that Roger Penske is is not the most visual, visible president of a major auto racing series. I mean, you have Steve Phelps; you see him a lot out there for NASCAR. You have uh, what's the FIA president's name, Mohammed bin, bin Suleim or whatever? Yeah, he's out there making comments all the time. I don't know quite, quite honestly, if it's a health thing with Roger. I mean, he's an old guy, right? And so I know it's always talked about about how relentless and and how much of a workaholic he is. Yet we never hear from him. We never see him. Um, so it's it's always very much news when somebody gets an interview with him about IndyCar and ask some questions. So I I've just, I've expected more out of, out of Roger and his organization and his team. And, and I don't think I'm alone in that respect.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair with F1, like, so Liberty media bought it a few years back. Uh, Chase Carey was, was in charge. He stepped down. He's, Ross Braun is managing director, longtime F1 guy Stefano Domenicali, yeah, uh, is is president and and in charge, uh, worked for Ferrari for a long time, um worked for Lamborghini. So, I mean, they're well versed in those sports. I feel like Domenicali though is more visible, yeah, than say uh, uh, Roger Penske.
1: Yeah, I would agree and I'm not saying that the the reason why there's the the series is stagnant is because we don't see Roger out there, but I'm also concerned about just how much he isn't out there in terms of of being the face of of the series, of making things happen, all that stuff. And I I he's look he's an advanced age dude, man. He's he's an old guy, and so uh, for, you know in this country there's there's always people talking about uh, the viability of our president running for another term because he's so old and he's younger than. Than Roger Penske. So let's make no mistake, this is a dude that has a lot of mileage and has been around forever and has done a lot of great things, but he's also a dude that's not getting any younger. And I think the um, succession plan, I'm sure, is already in place for IndyCar if and when something happens to Roger. My thing is, is we just haven't seen those dynamic um, developments in this series that we expected when Roger Penske took the series and, and IMS over and th- th- we've had that conversation ad nauseum. But the fact of the matter is I still think he's left a lot to be desired in terms of what we thought this series would look like heading into 2023 when Roger Penske took over. And that's even considering the, the pandemic in that respect. I mean, we're two years removed now getting two years removed from the worst of the pandemic. And yet here we are still kind of stagnant with the series.
0: Uh so our annual favorite off season article. <laughs> you said it to me. Uh headline from racer.com. Foyt team completes engineering and management overhaul. So uh, again they're announcing some new guys and they did get a pretty big get. Michael Cannon coming to be Santino Ferrucci's engineer. That's a pretty big deal, uh, to get him on board. But as always, we get this story every off season. NK Harden saying control C, control V. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it very much is. Seriously.
0: And then also saying, come on, man, haven't we read this same story every year for the last 15 years? I hope it actually helps this time, but we've seen this movie before we know how it ends.
1: It's very much like ad libs. Like the majority of the, the, the shell of the story is there. It's just underlines where you're inserting names and all that new stuff. names. Like, it's right? very much. That's all it is. Like, and, I, I, I joke, but it's serious. Like, how, how, I, I can't even read it because it's just so absurd. And you know it's coming every single off season. Our Foyt update with the engineering and all that stuff and behind the scenes—we always get it every single year. And the results—they never change. I and hope they get they change. Worse. I hope
0: they change this year. That's all I'm say. we'll saying. To, that to for be clear, the next ten years. We're always rooting for Foyt. Yes, like we want to see them succeed. I would love to see them succeed, yes. But until we see it happen on the track, we'll be skeptical.
1: And I will be vocal in my criticism.
0: And if they do succeed, we'll be vocal in their success. Vocal, Absolutely.
1: We're the first ones that anytime time uh, Foyt gets a top 10 or something, we will sing their praises. Oh yeah, no doubt. Right? Because we're hoping that it turns around, but... It, it never does. It doesn't matter who they hired in the offseason. doesn't matter who they got rid of in the offseason. It's the same results. Uh,
0: this from Jeremy from HBG. Just thanks for tagging us. There's more news. Uh, insider Gaming sources. Motorsport games developers threaten lawsuit over unpaid wages. <laughs> that's the same entity that is doing the IndyCar game that's supposed to come out. May of this year yeah I don't think that's happening
1: yeah what is it January we haven't seen any news about it we haven't no. seen any screenshots we haven't seen any trailers we haven't seen any detailed interviews with developers like this isn't happening right and, and somebody yeah. that at, still at 40 years old I game I don't game a, a tremendous amount but I know the process that comes with making a game and marketing a game is the fact that you're conceivably four months out of the release of this thing and we haven't seen a damn thing like i don't see remember seeing anything development related other than was it last indy 500 where they had like all those cameras set up and they were getting people's like drivers and 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 other personalities face shots yeah and and they had like a little
0: sim thing you could do in the fan zone
1: really i don't Mm -hmm. even remember that like that's the last thing we've seen and this was eight months ago so no this is this is right now. It's not happening, and if it does, it's going to be an absolute dud. If it does come out in May,
0: yeah, I'll I can't imagine
1: any, anything.
0: I will less. be shocked if this game comes out in May in time for the Indy Five Hundred. Shocked.
1: And that we, I've, I've debated this too, and asked asked um, Adam Stern about this. What's what's better, delaying the game, or and may and and having it be be good, or releasing it and have it being a stinker?
0: You're better off delaying the yeah, release. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think that's even close. Yeah. I, I was curious, and this was after the F1 news the other day, uh, earlier this week. I was just curious, like, as far as our audience, at least on Twitter, I mean, it's not a comprehensive, this is not accurate data polling here. Right. But uh, of IndyCar fans, do you also follow F1? And 64% of you said yes, both. 36% said no, just IndyCar. A few responses. R. Cole said, yeah, but casually. Uh, I am analog," said. "I don't go out of my way to watch it, aside from highlights. Pretty much, I just listen to Shift F1 to get the highlights from the weekend." Zach C eight seven seven one saying, "Follow both, but IndyCar is my preference for sure." Jeremy from HBG saying, "I used to, but since I dropped ESPN a few years ago, I don't see it." Hey, you can get F1 TV. Uh, Bill Hessa says, "I don't watch the races. I don't spend one cent on any merchandise. My money and viewing go to IndyCar. I read about the races and stay abreast of the news because they are the competition." Are they? Yeah, I, th- I think F one's a different different thing. Yeah, I think so. I don't
1: see it as a direct direct. Uh,
0: Tyler underscore Allen says I don't spend any money for F one um, tickets, merch, etc. I also don't have ESPN, so I rarely watch an actual race, but I do pay attention to what's going on. You know, what? this is interesting. There's multiple people saying they don't have ESPN, so that means these are our Peacock, probably only, or they have an, an antenna to watch NBC, and then you know have peacock for the the usa and the the peacock only race like that segment of indycar and indycar fandom because it's finally accessible you have to think that's grown quite a bit
1: yeah yeah absolutely so i I don't see it as a competitor whatsoever so nk harden says yes ish watch a couple
0: races and i follow the standings after the whole bs with andretti though i'm out f1 is full of a bunch of a-holes who love the smell of their own gas and are completely out of touch with reality (laughs) (laughs) very nice so yeah I I don't see that whole thing ending that well but that's where we're at and then also NK Harden sending to us do we think talking about the the Kyle Larson news uh, do we think this finally gets Hendrick to dip their toes in IndyCar a bit more they've resisted forever but they could be a force if they went for it yeah if this foray goes well I mean you never know Yeah, look we saw what happened with McLaren right And it didn't go well for them. No, not at it all. Did but it did the first year, yeah. but, but not when they came back alone as a standalone
1: entry. I, I know there's always been interest there. How much interest, I've never heard it from, from the mouth of Rick Hendrick or anything in terms of, of how deep this is. I don't know if, if the future has Rick Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports being a standalone team in IndyCar. I, I don't see that as, as being a, a viable reality, but what I could see is, is partnerships like this with McLaren or whoever to co-sponsor a car or to co-run a car but i never i don't see in 2030 for instance a two car effort by hendrick motorsports in indycar I, I really don't see it i don't even see them being like an indy only team i just see them as being a partner similar to what menards and paul menard is like now he's merely a a sponsor when opportunities arise i could see that just being the same thing with rick hendrick
0: This from Beans B-Card blog. Um, IndyCar and NBC tweeted this back on the first. Uh, Nobody's gone back-to-back in IndyCar since 2011. Will Power obviously trying to change that. And he says, I'm truly unsure which is most impressive. Dario going back-to-back-to-back. Dixon's five titles without of them back-to-back. Or Power seven years between titles. Uh, What say you? I think to me, it's Dario... Because you got to remember, he went to NASCAR. Right. You're driving a different style car. You come back, and I get it. He won the title in 2007, but he comes to a new team. Right. Coming off the the NASCAR foray, which did not go well, mind you. So confidence can't be great. Comes in, uh, wins what is second or third race of the season at Long Beach, and then just goes on to win three straight. I think what's more crazy is that Will Power was a contender 2009, 10, 11 and 12 and didn't win a title. It, it yeah. took until 2014. I think that's the most wild part. Yeah. Dixon's never gone back to back, but it's so hard to do that. Like we, we haven't had a back to back winner since Dario, right? Correct. So, I mean, that, that's really hard as far as the points race goes. Um, new gardens come close a couple of times, mm-hmm. obviously. Pagino came close. Um, but it's, it's not been done. And I think to me, Will Power's run of not winning a title, I think, was in a way impressive because of how close he came year after year, which means you're really consistent. Right. He was winning a lot of races, but somehow couldn't win. Or, I think the... The craziest thing to me is Elio's never won a series title.
1: Right. He's won four titles. In, in four, IndyCar. Four, yeah. He's won an IMSA. Yeah. But not in IndyCar. Yeah, and four, four Indy 500. So, yeah, I think that's probably the most impressive. I, I think Dixon, too, I think is up there, at least in today's landscape, and people don't really don't appreciate it because you still look at that one Indy 500 win as being that only dub. But, yeah, to me, uh, Dixon's a, as impressive as well. All right. We did have uh, an
0: email sent to us as well so let me find that
1: we haven't talked about this yet but the the indie lights jump in terms of the money and i guess it's a welcome improvement because of the the terrible situation that was 2022 it's not what it was previous but i think it's 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 better and there's also money money going around, so it's not very much an all-or-nothing thing on just the champion, but there's other money given out and all that stuff. So uh, did you feel like um, that maybe lessened the blow from from last year, or is there still stuff to be de- desired? Because the, the winner still, I want to say only, gets $850,000, and I don't understand whether that's the money to put to the open test, And an indie test and an indie run, or it he gets eight hundred and fifty k plus all that. I'm not really understanding.
0: So, the overall budget, this from Nathan Brown, went from one uh, increase to one point four million from one point two. Champion scholarship goes from five hundred k to eight fifty k, so that's up. Obviously, Um, some of the other things with this, the champion gets a test, indie car test on the IMS road course. They get. an oval test at Texas, IMS open test and the Indy 500 and an additional Indy car race. And then the, the per race prizes will be a lot better. 15,000 for first, 5,000 for second, 2,500 for third. Before, I think it was like five, three and one for a long time. Yeah. I was like, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a big bump up. So I guess we look at it as, Oh, you only get 850 K if you win, but you throw in the, the additional prize money races, Yeah. And which I feel like you that, could be approaching over nine hundred thousand. Yeah, at at the very least. Yeah, it could be closer to a million. I mean, if you're talking all the prize money, I mean, they're running what, like twenty races sometimes. I know right. they've shrunk that number. Yeah, uh, looking at the schedule for, I think you got what twenty twenty four, or excuse me, twenty twenty three.
1: In less than that, I think maybe fourteen.
0: Yeah, so they have. Not as many races because they cut some of the double headers. But 14 rounds, I mean, say you average, you get, what? Six wins. That's what, this is where we get into math, (laughs) 90,000? Yeah. Right there. And usually when we have winners in the series, I mean, they dominate. So six wins is not out of the question, plus, you know, seconds and third. I mean, you're looking at it easily topping 100,000 in prize money in addition to the 850. So approaching a million is possible.
1: Yeah. I think it's a step in the right direction. It's not as egregious as it was last year. I don't think it's perfect, but then again, this is a junior series too. So um, you can only do so much when money is at a premium. And I think $1.4 million is, is a good investment. I just, um, they're trying to even out the money. I think a little bit more as opposed to nobody gets anything except for the champion who gets everything. Uh, But at the same time, you need to make sure that that champion is getting enough to uh, get an opportunity in IndyCar. And I always felt like the three-race deal was very kind. Like, I always felt like, okay, the 500 should be a thing. But three races, that's kind of stretching it. So, um, I think this is a much more... Um, sensible deal. I think there could be more money involved, but the fact that you're not guaranteeing three races, I think, is a step in the right direction. Because I never really agreed with that, that respect.
0: All right, I have our email question. Uh, this is from Don, marketing to IndyCar's base. I recently heard a startling yet unsurprising statistic about IndyCar fans: more than half are 65 years of age or older. I know you've tackled at length about marketing, so I haven't the ideal solution. Market to your base. Sign up sponsors who carry products like weighted blankets, bathtub bars, medical alert necklaces, shower chairs, <laughs> pill splitters, adult diapers, hearing aids, flip phones, walkers, and pain relief creams. Sell IndyCar embroidered sweater vests and babushkas. Make Geritol the official IndyCar vitamin supplement. Ensure nutritional drink the official IndyCar beverage. Uh, ensure like ensure the drink and make butter pecan, the official IndyCar ice cream flavor. I want to hear a winner driver ex- exclaim the polydent denture cream. Laura <laughs> ran great today. And finally, Penske entertainment needs to hire a crusty grumpy old fart as the new marketing director. he will be able to speak the vernacular. The young marketing director would only use the position as a stepping stone. That's great. That's funny. And basically if you want that, just go to
1: track for <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of people that it probably just that, that still think message boards is the place to uh to be uh, on the internet. But it, it, it hits and, hard. And look, I,
0: I lurk on track form, I'll admit <laughs> it. Because I'm just curious what they're thinking and half the people are just presenting news and then other half is other half, for, everything goes off the rails. Yeah, it's and, just like on the IndyCar Reddit page that I try to shy away from these and days. All of them
1: are clamoring for the good old days.
0: Oh yeah. And well, the IndyCar Reddit page is just a bunch of, I watch F1, now I'm an IndyCar fan, help me. And I'm like, hey, just use the internet, it's not that hard.
1: <laughs> you're already on the internet, you're on
0: Reddit. Yeah, you have- <laughs> yeah. What do you mean, you want to follow, in it? well, there's a Wikipedia page, and you yeah, can just very learn detailed. the drivers. And, and there's an everything. app,
1: no, actually, I wouldn't suggest the app, <laughs> on second thought, but... You you bring up a lot of points because all of those things that they mentioned, I see. So I'm I'm big into history. So the magazines I get, it's all about prescription ads and um uh, like the 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 chairs that can raise and all that stuff. Acorn
0: uh, stairlifts. That was the yes. James Jake sponsor that's, back in that's the day. That's true. It's his and family the, company. Uh,
1: I don't know if it's still the jitterbug, but the the big phone, you know, with the big buttons and all that stuff. And then Life when, Alert. Yes, Life Alert. And then when I'm home, because we have a, a seven week old. And sometimes I'm home during the day and the, the TV's on, I see all those ads too. So maybe I am the, um, the, uh, demographic, I guess you should be targeting. Cause I'm seeing a lot of those ads. i haven't I'm gotten like, a life alert though.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm like an advertiser's dream because I'll remember ads and I'll want to try stuff because of an ad and <laughs> I'm still in that target demographic just yes. barely what the 25 to 24 to no, 30 the 18 to 18 to 35 34 34 yeah so you're turning 35 so you no, don't well, matter. 34 i'm turning 30 so i'm Oh, so you're out. still in there
1: you're, you're fine yeah, yeah
0: so i guess i'm still relevant as far as the advertising i'm go. 40
1: so i'm quickly reaching that well they're gonna die soon so we don't and you're focus not on the, that.
0: It, like your wife is more the targeted yes. one as the, the household you know she probably does the grocery shopping and lists right Yes. What do you, what do you insinuate? That I don't
1: help at home? Is that what you're no, saying? Know, I'm, just kidding. I'm not insinuating that at all. I,
0: <laughs> I know you wake up in the middle of the night to take care of your crying. Uh, yeah. Um, it's more
1: often my wife too, infant. but uh, at this point, but no, we do the, uh, and are completely getting off the rails. So we've, we've, we've done the pickup more often than not. I mean, yeah. we'll stop and do like, if we need a couple things, but like our weekly pickup is we, we get it ordered and then we pick it up. We don't have it delivered. We're not that lazy, but we actually go and get it. And I tell you, it can save a hell of a lot of money when you're not wandering around the grocery store.
0: I like the Aldi pickup. It's great. The problem is when they start doing the substitutions and that's where it goes off the rails for me. I, I like looking at the store and picking out the produce.
1: That is one thing. I don't like produce being chosen in, in that because...
0: Especially bananas. I'm yes. way too picky about that.
1: And we'd like tomatoes. We get a lot of tomatoes and they're always like, oh man, we got to get rid of these today. So we're going to put them with the mobile order or whatever. And we hardly ever, because we shop for the week. So we get some on Monday. We made not eat it until Friday and that tomato will be soft as all get out. But anyway, what are we talking about? Yeah.
0: Off the rails. <laughs> Time for news and notes. Uh, Sure, what do we got? Some things before Christmas. IndyCar has added a new front suspension piece for ovals. Exciting. Also, they're going to do an expanded rubbering in sessions at at Texas Motor Speedway and the racetrack, formerly known as Gateway, both those from racer.com. Team official on the move. Uh, We're not going to cover all of these things, but this is noteworthy. Uh, AJ Foyt Racing VP of Operations, Scott Harner, will start in a management role. Uh, this month at Andretti, that uh, from Nathan Brown of the Indy Star. James Rowe, speaking of Andretti, competes the, uh, completes the lineup for them in the series formerly known as Indy Lights, their four-car lineup. Hunter McElroy, Jamie Chadwick, Lewis Foster, uh, the other drivers uh, for Andretti and Lights this year. They have 17 confirmed entries. Could expect one more, I believe. Steve Erickson, who used to be with HPD and Chip Ganassi Racing, has joined Ray Hall as their COO. It's a pretty big hire there. Yeah. In the off season, Will Power will make his IMSA debut in the Rolex 24 with Sun Energy 1 Race Team. Mm. Never heard of them, but yeah. we're looking at uh, approximately a dozen IndyCar drivers. If you want to throw in current and former IndyCar driver, I mean that list is going to be a lot longer, but what yes. the roar is next weekend. And then the 24 is the weekend after I believe, man, we're already. close. Yes. Uh, also this from trackside online, uh, bell media, which I believe owns TSN in Canada, but IndyCar will be available on the new TSN plus streaming service. Plus 13 races over the air on NBC, which Canadians have access to, but they've acquired the rights for that for several things, including, uh pga tour live uh indycar relaunch xfl ncaa football and basketball so very nice tennis grand slams nfl feeds in car cameras from f1 races and more so uh that is a new way and hopefully this is a much better option for our canadian fans because before it was like sports Three sixty plus, and to get all practice qualifying in every race, and, and that it was costs on, like twenty dollars yeah. a month or something. Yeah, like it was it's on top of like your a, regular cable thing. Yeah, like a Bali deal where you had to pay a fortune. Um, so this is, I believe, positive. I, I don't know the price. <laughs> I this. believe
1: we always have to hear from our Canadian yes, friends. Canadian good friends, thing?
0: please let us know if this is good or bad. It seems like I,
1: a good thing, but what do
0: we know? I I never know for these. It it stresses me out because I just want them to have a TV and or streaming deal. Yes. It actually works and is accessible and fan
1: friendly. And yes. they have not had that for several years. Hopefully, this is better, but let us know. Is it better?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We. It we'll sounds find better,
1: out. but you know how that stuff works. Yes. You know, they always make things sound better.
0: Uh, Malcolm in the middle star, Frankie Munez, who raced in what was then Star Mazda back in the day, I believe. Yeah, uh, he's is back star in Mazda? racing. He'll be full
1: time in the Arca Menard series. He's trying to make a run at. At, I don't know if he can get the cup but at least maybe in, or what is it the Infinity series
0: Mhm. Jones racing number 34 Mustang. Uh he'll
1: be at Daytona. So good for him. No longer a a god what is he now like in his 30s? Oh yeah.
0: Man, getting old. He's he's getting up there. Uh Drive to Survive season 5 coming to Netflix February 24th. So we have a release date. Okay. So that's another update and then uh, an unfortunate update, Marshall Pruitt, uh, his wife who is, has cancer, um, the cancer has returned. So there's a GoFundMe hey. page uh, to help him and his wife, Shabral, with that. She had uh, she was first diagnosed with breast cancer in September 2018, then reached a point of remission, and now, unfortunately, it has come back. So if you want to donate to the GoFundMe, uh, just search for that, support Shabral and Marshall Pruitt Phase 2, uh, that is the, the the title of that, so you can look that up on GoFundMe. So that is the update there. Very unfortunate. Yeah, and thoughts
1: to, to it, Marshall, it, man. It, it just
0: seems like the racing family has had too many cases of this the last
1: handful of years. Taking a lot of hits, that's for sure. But uh, blessings to uh, to Pruitt and, and the wife, so hopefully things uh, get better.
0: All right, tweets of the week time. Uh, two of them related to the Andretti F1 deal. Uh, so, Adam Stern uh, quoted this from a BBC article. Within F1, there's a general sense that many of those racing in America in categories where teams buy cars off the shelf and run them with fairly small scale operations don't quite grasp just how high the level is in F1, how complex the task. Uh, Nick Yeoman of IndyCar Radio qu- quoting that saying, Within America, there's a general sense that in a couple of years, the new hipster F1 fans will be interested in something else because that's what they do. And the true F1 and the true fans F1 could have made will grow frustrated by the politics, the fact 95% can't afford tickets to the races. And then Nathan Brown, same tweet here, I said, One of these is a European F1 team, and it's a picture of McLaren's 2019-8500 uh-huh. effort. The other is one of those small scale American racing operations. Then Juncos Racing, Kyle Kaiser in 2019 for the Indy 500. No sponsors on the car besides the series stickers. Yeah, yeah, it was
1: a very bland car. White, White side chassis, pods.
0: Most yeah. of which allegedly don't quite grasp just how high the level is in F1. And then Brown says only one of them made the Indy 500. I'll let you guess who. <laughs>
1: Well, I think the the technology and money and commitment and time, all that into Formula One has no equal. But that doesn't mean that the best drivers are in Formula One or or anything. So just because you're you're the elitist of the sport doesn't make you necessarily the best and have the best of the best. And unfortunately for Formula One, and I think it's more the fan. I, I just get this. This sense that it's more the fandom of Formula One that has their nose up in the air and and looks down upon everybody else. I really don't get that sense from at least a lot of people in Formula One necessarily. I think it's more the people that follow Formula One. It's oh, the simpletons I, about about IndyCar or even North American Motorsport going around in circles and how boring that is and all that.
0: I get the sense it's the fans, the team principals outside of Zach Brown, obviously. Yeah, I just and the journalists as well. They all contribute to the the
1: arrogance and that we're we're better than. But I the think U the big attitude. ones don't. Like Chris Medlin isn't that guy. No, you know, I, I just I don't feel like maybe some of maybe it's just the ones I read that aren't like that. But I really think in my in my opinion, it's very much driven social media driven with common people with thumbing their nose up at everybody else from Formula One. I really think that. I think you talk to the drivers. I think they respect IndyCar for the most part, yes, or at least they say the right things, you know. Yeah, I think I, I imagine if you get a couple drinks and a lot of Formula One drivers, they'd tell you some other things. I think if you got a couple drinks and some IndyCar drivers, they'd say some more derogatory things about Formula One than they would otherwise. So I think it goes both ways.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, true because these these contracts go where these guys are going to say the right thing because they have yeah, to. It's their job.
1: Then they will, and they maybe want another job later on down the line. It could be an impact on what they say, but more. And more, I just think this is a battle that's mostly fought amongst fans, I think. And social media is a big fuel to the fire in that.
0: Oh, you're telling me F1 Twitter's toxic. <laughs>
1: I think. <laughs> can we just say Twitter's
0: toxic? Oh yeah. It, it <laughs> absolutely we, is.
1: Yeah. Unless we have instances of like a Damar Amlin type thing that brings everybody together. Other than that, it's uh, it's pretty toxic out there. Yeah,
0: no, no doubt. All right. Time for the first random split air driver of the week. For 2023. We're going to bring a heavy
1: hitter in here to start the 2023 campaign of the Random Split Era Drive of the Week. We're going 1999 in the IRL Series and Ronnie John Cox. Who? Yes. Yes. That's why I wanted to start (laughs) 2023. Somebody that Caleb had not heard of. Ronnie John Cox out of Jackson, Michigan. And he- Wait, wait. No way. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. That, That is literally the hometown of my wife. Yeah. Maybe they knew each other. Uh, he was born in 1969. When was your wife born? Uh, not 1969. <laughs> Try like... 20 years nearly, after that? 15 no, years?
0: 25 years later.
1: <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. But Ronnie Johncox from Jackson, Michigan, the home of Mrs. Kayla Batch. And uh, we look at it was a former driver in the Indy Racing League. Eight career starts in 1999 and 2000. TriStar Motorsports in 1999. Did not qualify for the 500 that year or the year after um, but his high fi- high finish in 1999 was 11th at Texas. That was also his all-time best finish. Uh, it was TriStar Motorsports in 99, 2000, it was Bird McCormack Racing. Also didn't qualify for the 500. So 0 for 2 in trying to qualify for the 500. He, he now, this is interesting, owns and operates Technique Inc., which is a prototype metal stamping and laser cutting company based in Jackson, Michigan and apparently produces kits to assemble the racing chassis of the car of tomorrow.
0: Well, the car of tomorrow Poor, it's, former, it's, it's, yeah. is the car former of now. NASCAR. Yeah.
1: And well, no pass because two, they have the next two gen. Iterations? Well, yeah, it's the next gen, it, they do a next gen now.
0: I believe so. Okay.
1: So, yeah, so I'm looking this up.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a business
1: and many of the top teams in NASCAR. And I don't know if this is still current, but it's on Wikipedia. So it has to be true. Uh, many of the top teams in NASCAR use technique engineered chassis components. Of which Ronnie John Cox is the owner.
0: So, you know what's crazy is I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, I've driven by this business, not the exact road it's on, but on the interstate where it's near
1: uh-huh many times. And little did you know <laughs> yeah. that former IRL driver Ronnie John Cox owned that place. And interestingly enough, after he was done in IRL, dropped down to Indy Lights. You don't see that anymore, right? No, not very often. No, at least. We saw it with Zach Beach. Yeah. And so, um, you see, he went, um, in 2002 and 2003, raced in Indy Lights, the Indy Pro Series, 10 times, one pole, three top fives, eight top tens. His last professional race, 2003 Freedom 100. Since then, it's been all about Technique Inc. for Ronnie Johncox.
0: That's the 2003 Infinity Pro Series Freedom 100. Yeah. If I'm my not mistaken. apologies. Yeah. It, I want to see if I can guess who won that. Was that,
1: um, Mark Taylor, I have no idea. 2003 Indie Pro Series, the Freedom 100. If it's Mark Taylor, I'm done with you.
0: I'm looking this up right now because I <laughs> I, I, I got to know.
1: Like, why? How would you possibly know that if that's true? Because I know the most useless
0: information. <laughs> that that's why I would know. Like, it's not because I like looked this up. It's just the most. Marty Roth participated in the 2003 Infinity Pro Series. Paul Dana Mark Taylor with Panther Racing so he, did
1: he win the 2003 Ed Carpenter
0: Jeff Simmons um, Scott Harrington Billy Rote, Tiago Medeiros who had a lot of success Corey Witherell, Um, a lot of familiar names right, John can, Cox obviously so I'm looking at this now Ed Carpenter won the 3 okay that was my next thank guess thank god Mark Taylor was the series champion if I'm not mistaken yes
1: he was <laughs> still Ed absurd. Carpenter third Jeff Simmons still second still absurd that you know that yeah once we run out of uh, okay, that's what we're gonna do. Once we run out of random split error drivers a week, if there is an ending to this thing, there, there's not. We're gonna go random Freedom One Hundred winners of the week.
0: No, no, random IndyCar, indie Lights. Atlantic
1: drivers. <laughs> Maybe this will carry us enough that when we get to our advanced age, we'll start forgetting about modern era drivers and we'll start going, Elio Castro Nevis. who's that? Who? And uh, then I'll I have mean, to explain I, to you that he won four Indianapolis 500s.
0: Well, or if you're me, who thought he had won five.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Wow. All right. Well, that's the first episode of 2023 Downhill from here. Yes. Absolutely downhill. Thanks for joining us for Justin Kinney. I'm Caleb Hatch. We'll be back. Next week for the latest news in the world of IndyCar here on New Track Record Podcast.
1: Podcasts by Federated Media.